Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger, and we are talking all things college football again. I don't know if this is going to last, but we're going to embrace it while it's here. We actually have lots and lots of breaking news, TJ. This hasn't happened in, what, five months? Yeah, a ton of stuff going on at the middle of a complete... um crap storm is florida state so nothing the more things change the more they stay the same i guess so Mm -hmm. um but yeah things going on not only in tallahassee but also nationally and like i said we've done the biggest breaking news we've done this for three weeks in a row now so um i hope you people are happy that we've taken the time to sit down and talk for an hour right why we have other things going on but we picked you i uh We'll just let the kids cry in the other room and neglect them. And Allie will let her little army cry in another room. And- <laughs> I have a babysitter with my army upstairs. I got a babysitter for you assholes. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> That's how much um, I like all of you. So we'll start at home. Um, little Florida State uh, mess going on this morning. Mm-hmm. It, it will eventually just turn into a, a pretty non-story. It, it may already have people move on I pretty really quickly. I hope from so this. because if Florida State costs me college football, I'm going to hate them more than I already do. Yeah, I tweeted that this morning. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst if Florida State Shut ruined the season that UF had the best. I mean, Florida State's best outlook. I mean, I don't know if we've really talked about the, like the actual schedule. We can get into that when it gets a little closer to the season of like predicting games and stuff. But my like best, best case scenario for Florida State, I mean, like every single thing goes right is eight and three, right? What I think happens is six and five or get a few breaks, seven and four, right? Um, So that's kind of my, I, I don't think we go five and six. Like I think we do like land on the, but I think if we play 12 games, we probably go six and six. So like, that's just kind of, a little bit of optimism in me puts it uh, to where I think we go six and five, maybe seven and four. If, like I said, every single thing goes right, goes eight and three. But I mean, realistically, we're going six and five, right? And so I wouldn't care if the season got canceled to cost Florida their, you know, nine and one or 
10 and 0 season that's it's coming really, up. So really like, nifty. let's go you take college football away from all these good people in the country out here that wanted just so that you don't have to have a shitty record. That's terrible. I don't care about no no no. I'm comfortable with Florida State having a bad record. I don't want Florida Just to have a good record. Florida. So that's probably oh, even that's, yeah. That's probably even more vindictive. You know? It is. It is. It's so a garbage move there. Um. Yeah. So I would. I mean, I would do that. I mean, you know, I, you're going to say no. But if I offered you, you're you're going to say no, even though I asked this. But I think that. There would be a large. I mean, at least you can agree with me on this. So I'll, I know you're going to disagree before I even ask it. But I think you could agree that a large contingent of the Florida fan base would agree with this. But if I could offer you the chance at 2013, the football season to have just not happened, would you at least consider taking that? Like, just wipe that football season off. I mean, it, it was Florida's worst year in history. No, it was Florida State's best off. year no. in history. Right. So I know that you wouldn't, but you agree that a large uh, – some contingent of Florida's fan base would. I there. honestly think the only fans that are okay with happen- with that happening are short-sighted because those things happened have happening have led to the place where we are now. So if, if Florida could still be in the position that they are now without that season having happened, then sure, there will be fans that say that that's possible. But if everything that happened afterwards is a domino effect of that season, I'll take that season. Gotcha. So that makes sense. But if you could remove it and everything just also, kind of picked back up was, with 20 was a junior on the team that year, I think actually, no, maybe a senior on the team that year. So I wouldn't want to take away the last, you know, few times of him being in a Gator uniform, even if it wasn't pretty. So, um, but that's how I view this year. Not that I think Florida is going to go on the, you know, and set the record for the most points or have a, you know, the far and away Heisman win or anything like that. But I mean, it's going to be a very good year for Florida, I think, and a pretty mm-hmm. bad year for Florida state. And so let's just, let's just get rid of it. So I don't really feel like that. Like I do really want, but I would laugh at it. I would laugh if we were the ones to ruin it. That, that's yeah. kind of my, yeah. I don't actually well, want it to go away. Cause I don't think we're going, I don't think we're just, you know, going to double have double the losses that we have wins. I don't think you guys win the national title. So it's not really that bad, but I mean, 2013 was the extreme case of crap. Could things be better for them and worse for us? For for sure. So let's Um, get. I wish we'd have been doing this. I wish we'd have been doing this pod then. That would have been awesome. You probably wouldn't have agreed to it. I would have agreed to it. I am not a uh, only in good weather kind of girl. That's not. That's not how the kind of football fan I am. That's not. uh, So I would have done it. And I would have probably had a lot to say, but let's uh, dive into this Florida State stuff, though. So, okay, so let's recap this. Okay, so a letter is put out last night, right? By no, I think this morning. Today, I this think morning. This morning. Yeah. Okay, uh, from whom? Warren. From Warren. Okay. Warren Thompson. Warren former Thompson. Former Armwood product. Okay, and he has a spotty record in terms of not like arrest record, but spotty record in terms of um, not necessarily being a team guy, correct? Um, well, yeah. Questionable really decision making. It's yeah. not great decision making. Questionable decision uh, making. He committed to Willie Taggart twice, um, okay. both at Oregon and Florida State. And so that is very questionable decision making just off the window. So, <laughs> True. He committed um, to Fisher too, though, right? He, yeah, a third questionable decision. He decommitted from a top five college football coach in all of college football to then commit 
to Willie Taggart twice. Oh yeah, so that'd be three, really have terrible judgment skills. Three badges, so a little bit of jest here, but yeah, he's he's um, but not really because yeah, he was a kid that that decommitted from Florida State, um, committed to Oregon, and then you know decommitted from Oregon, came to Florida State. You know, obviously following a coach there, um, had issues with. Um, the last staff had issues with, with Willie Taggart's staff. And um, a lot of people just kind of brushed that off and just kind of said like, Oh, well, because it's Willie Taggart, then we're going to, you right. know, we won't, we won't blame him, which kind of makes, which, sense, I mean, but, that makes sense. Yeah. That, and that could very well be the case. Um, but if he's also but at this point, it's like you. another, another issue now and with Norvell. Everybody around you, it's you. If you always right. have a problem with everybody around you. So I have this letter pulled up. I'm not going to read it, you know, out loud or anything, but he essentially says that there's no leadership at Florida State in terms of um helping the proper protocol for COVID. He thinks that he's been lied to about the condition of other players and his own health as well, he says, which is interesting because he doesn't say he's COVID positive. So that makes me wonder like is that even what he's referring to? Cause he doesn't even necessarily actually really say that he says the leadership is based off an I mentality. They're worried about their own future, not their athletes. He's speaking up because he needs to protect himself and other people. Um, he thinks he's done everything he possibly could do to protect himself and his teammates, but that Florida state is not doing the same. And he, he wants to play, but the way that they are lying is putting the season in jeopardy essentially is what he's saying. Now I will also tell you, there's a lot of spelling errors in this that are driving me insane. Um, so on its face, when that happens in the climate that we are currently in, it's really concerning because even if it's not true, this is the kind of thing that makes programs and conferences panic and make rash decisions. Right. So For it's sure. not, and, and- and, and in 2020, not only in college football, just in 2020, the correction is never met with, and we'll get to that. The correction is never met with the same um, coverage the, uh, as the original accusation. You know, when, and, and you can even see this from people in the media and writers, they oh, tweet sure. something, they tweet something that is incorrect. They don't go and then it gets 50,000 retweets. It gets shared a hundred million times. They don't go delete that tweet. They just reply to it and say, Hey, I oh, found out this, they quote it. This wasn't, and that gets six retweets. And the no. other thing is still going viral. And so, you know, it's the same thing here. The, Oh my God, Warren Thompson, they're lying to the kids. Norvell's lost ship and then or lost the ship. Sorry. You know, <laughs> Lost his shit. And it, yeah, lost that too. And so, uh, right. And then, and then everything else comes out. The return is never the same. So, but know. couple it with the fact that wide receiver DJ Matthews tweeted last night that he had tested positive for COVID. Then he deletes the tweet. This morning, he says something about like all the lies, shaking my head. But the flip side of this now is not only has Norvell had a press conference where he was asked about this and he essentially says like, I honestly don't know what he's referring to, but there mm-hmm. also has been leaders on FSU's team, like, you know, contributing players that people look up to coming out and saying that they have full faith in the protocol that Florida state has in place. And they think that Florida state is doing a great job, which should carry every bit as much weight, if not more than the letter. I mean, if, if we're looking at things evenly at the very least, they carry the same amount of weight, but multiple players who have a track record 
of being, you know, leaders in the locker room, in my mind anyway, should carry more weight. As opposed to somebody who could maybe be seen as, you know, having problem. been burned by a, co- a coaching staff, being a, being a problem, being indecisive, not having great decision making, any of those things. And that doesn't mean that he's lying about this. However, if you're going to have these two stories put out there, leaders of a program are the kids that I'm going to believe. Yeah, for sure. And guys that, okay, so true. the other thing is, I mean, you remember the... Pissed. You remember when um, Marvin Wilson came out? We weren't potting then, but when Marvin Wilson came out and was upset at the way that uh, it was portrayed that Mike Norvell had been meeting with people after the death. At this point, we talked about this. Because remember, yeah, we started when Will before Willie got fired. No, no, I'm I'm saying no. I'm saying we had taken a we were like taking a break. Are you Uh, sure? I felt like we talked about this. Maybe it we was just like right after the. It was right after the George Floyd die, death. So I think mm-hmm. that that was. I think that was in. I, I mean, think George that was like Floyd. In May. I thought. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't know. Anyway, who knows? I I don't know. Maybe we just text about it. But. But yeah, and um, he ran to social media and and ended up meeting with coach Norvell and they kind of scrubbed it all over. So again, if well, it's somebody like that very and- beginning when Norvell got hired that um, Norvell said that he'd talk to each one of his players. Oh no, that is what we're talking about. And we did talk about this. Um, yeah. Where he, he said he talked to each one of his players individually and, and he came out and was like, uh, no, he didn't talk to me individually. And it was kind of a, a misunderstanding, right? Yeah, for sure. Norvell and Morgan Wilson's been like, one of the, Wilson's been one of the people that, He's been one of the people to come out and publicly support the administration, the staff, and, and different things. Yeah, which means uh, he's actually who I'm believing because he was pissed before. So sure. he, you know, there's no reason to believe that he's not calling it as he sees it um, because he did the last time. But this is just – this is the kind of thing that if you're a fan of the ACC, you're a fan of the SEC, you're a fan of the Big 12, this is what you do not want to see right now because whether or not it's true – almost doesn't matter because of the climate that we're that we're in the bad press that this can bring and the scrutiny and the outside pressure are the kind of things that are going to get college football canceled so i kind of hope his teammates like i don't know lock him in his dorm and don't let him out until the season for sure is kicking off or something because this is a giant pain in my ass yeah, it is. And like I said, if we end up being the ones to ruin, I mean, we can't ruin it on the field. So if we end up being the ones to ruin you guys this season off the field, then that'll be the biggest one we've had in four years. So uh, <laughs> actually, that's not true. We three years, but um, firing Tagger was number one. So, um, so anyway, I think this will turn into a nothing story, but I mean, I think we've got to be done with uh, Warren Thompson at this point yeah. at Florida State. Um, problems well, listen, with if he doesn't feel safe, staff, he clearly yeah, doesn't have really. a great relationship, then you probably should move on. This is the time to move on. It really doesn't send the right message that you're going to stand up and say you don't feel safe. And when the program says, hey, we think our protocols are good, which translation, we're not changing our protocols, then what does it say about you if you don't choose to to leave? Especially when all these other players that are, again, better than you and contribute more than you uh, do feel safe and are right. coming out to basically say, no, you're wrong. You know? Yeah. So 
I, I was told, um, well, no, not just I was told. We were on the podcast recording um, Tuesday night after the DeSantis um, press conference that was mm-hmm. in Tallahassee at Florida State. And Newberg said that everything was being portrayed as that Florida State was doing all these things and blah, 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 and everything's yeah. on up and up. And Newberg was said um, that he was hearing behind the scenes that that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, not necessarily that they were, uh, players weren't safe, but that the testing wasn't as frequent. And there were just things that were like misrepresented in that press conference. Um, and he was hearing that behind the scenes. I don't know who he was speaking with. I don't want to insinuate that it was Warren Thompson, but like that, I know he's had a relationship with him in the past. Um, but maybe this, he, he messaged us when, when all this started to come out and said, this is why I said that, this is why I said things weren't as much on the up and up. So there does, there probably is a lack of communication. Um, it it comes down to, you know, what your motive is for running to social media to put this stuff out there. And and then you, you know, there's always going to be people that have different levels of comfortability within Mm -hmm. a program. And just because, Warren Thompson had run-ins in the past, not run-ins, but in life, right? Like, I mean, there, there's people probably with your own family that have different comfortability levels in terms of all of this stuff. And it's new for all of us. And, uh, you know, that's important to remember too. So, you know, we'll, we'll end up seeing, I don't, I, I, he may not officially be done um, because it, it looks kind of strange to, to kick him off the team right now. But I will say that he wasn't cracking the, um, playing field anyway. And so, um, I mean, he's certainly not going to be, I would think getting meaningful snaps now. So I guess we'll find out though. Um, so just another day in the, in the life of, uh, an FSU fan, I kind of miss Jimbo. So there's that, um, you know, but most teams do miss, you know, top. I was going to say we missed for a good decade. So like, I, I get it. Um, well, and even as much as you love Mullen, right? Like, yeah, if I could have, if I could have Bobby in his prime, I'd take him over anybody, you know, like, yeah, like I'd, I'd take anything. So, I mean, I'll keep Mullen now, but like if I, I mean, I, multiple coaches go, no, that hasn't proven anything yet. Would you take Spurrier and you take Mullen right now over Spurrier in 96 or Urban Mm. in 08? Um, I'd take him over Urban. I don't know that I take him over Spurrier, but the benefit of Mullen, the cool thing about Mullen right now is that you're actually getting too many bodies, too many bodies that have to come with it for urban state. Dan's less of a (laughs) DICK than urban is. So that's my reason for taking Dan. I I mean, urban is a great coach. I don't think you can argue with that at all. I just, in terms of like actual person, I'm taking Dan Mullen. He's a way better person. Um, but I think their coaching level, I think Dan is going to be as good a coach as Urban. I think he is young in doing that. But I also think he brings to the table a soul, which I appreciate. Um, but the cool thing about Dan Mullen is that when you get Dan Mullen, you actually get Steve Spurrier because they get along really, really well. And he takes advice from Spurrier. That was not the case with Urban. So... I mean, and granted, Spurrier was at South Carolina, but Spurrier reached out to, to Meyer multiple times and was kind of rebuffed. So it's nice to be yeah. in a situation where Spurrier's got that corner office that he, you know, can visit every once in a while. And 
Mullen comes and knocks on the door and picks his brain. Like that's a, that's a cool setup. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more like Spurrier in his prime, making the decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he, he Spurrier, you know, really, really changed the SEC. And then Urban really, really changed the SEC. So we're talking about some monumental coaches. And I don't know that Dan changes the landscape in the way that they do, but I think that he builds a program better than Urban's built a program and maybe comparable to what Spurrier built as a program. And I think this isn't the podcast for it. We'll have this discussion another day, but I think there's a huge difference between building a championship team and building a championship program. And I think that that is ultimately was Urban's downfall at Florida and at Ohio State. He knows how to build teams, not programs. But again, that's another day. It's hard to see that too in the in the in the present, right? Well, I mean, it's impossible to see in the present because you would have said in 2013, and then Florida State goes on to go 13 and one and loses to Oregon. But um, I mean, you would have said then. I mean, with number one recruiting classes rolling in and. Florida looking terrible and Miami being terrible and um, Florida State just absolutely dominating Clemson and having no competition in the ACC. Like you would have thought that that train would have, um, you know, kept on going forever. But like the like the urban thing at UF and like um, you know post Jimbo at FSU, you know, you, you it's tough to know um, if that is sustainable. Right now, right. it looks like if Saban or Sweeney were to step away, those programs would just keep going on forever and be repeatable. Um, yeah, but, but those programs who, were built to that place and that's why they're sustainable. Right. Florida, but I mean, Florida, Urban yeah. left Florida in a worse place than he found Florida. And I mean that in terms of what the cupboard looked like, what the overall attitude was in the locker room. Um, he won Oh six with Zooks guys. Meyer walked into a stacked, locker room and won a national championship, which Zook couldn't do. So Urban gets full credit for that. He took these great pieces and he put them into a perfect game plan for them and won a championship with them. And then I think that, and, and he did do a great job recruiting at the beginning, but I think by the end, he seriously was like, okay, pull up the rivals list, go after every guy that's ranked this to this at their position. And we'll just figure it out after that, as opposed to let's recruit to build a program. Let's, let's go after high caliber guys who, and there's a difference between being a star and a program guy, but you've got to have both to have the long-term success. You can't just have all stars because you, you don't have a program once they leave. But again, this is a tangent that we can go on another day, but I mean, I take the trade. I will say that I'll take the trade. I'll take be an absolute dog crap for the next five years. If we can win two and in, in three. Yeah. You know, like I, that doesn't, that's, I mean, that's, it didn't suck. I'll I mean, that much. I mean I, you know, like, cause your alternative is, um, you know, just being above average for a well, while. Right? Like, would, would you, would you, yeah. Would you take, would you take, if I offered you right now, over a over one decade from 2020 to 2030 you can have two championships um you'll win 10 games two other years and then you're going to be an eight and four team the rest of the time yep. or yep. would I'll you rather just go ten and, yeah would you rather just it's go eight or them. 11 and one every year you know nope. i'll take the championship totally so totally yeah so I mean, it's worth it. Like all the all the Jimbo hate that we have and everything. Oh, he didn't recruit offensive line in his last two years. Okay, whatever, man. Like we won a title. I I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm still living on the high off that, but like 
we won a title more recently than anybody else in this state. I mean, anybody else not named Ohio State, you know, LSU, Alabama, or Clemson. Still mm-hmm. one of those five. Re- so, like, yeah, great. You know, it sucks. It sucks right now. But, like, you know, I'm, I'm about to break in out in um, Garth Brooks to dance. So, um, <laughs> anyway. Um, All right. So, let's talk about um, what, the, what has yeah, gone on the north. last time we had a pod. All right. In college football. Yeah. You there? Okay. I thought for some reason I thought I lost you for a second. Okay. So let's uh let's talk Big Ten and Pac twelve. So Monday, right? We start hearing rumors that uh the Big Ten's gonna fold on the season. And that's when they, we start to get uh some backlash from players tweeting that they want to play, right? And 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 honestly, I was shocked. I don't know how you feel, but I was shocked at the number of head coaches that came out with super strong statements or at the very least tweets supporting this we want to play movement like I feel like a lot of times coaches their job is to just kind of not comment like they know their players are doing it maybe they're encouraging it behind the scenes like they're telling their administration you know that they agree with it or whatever else but they don't necessarily comment publicly on it I I personally was surprised at how many were like oh no we want we want a season um so the Big Ten doesn't announce anything on Monday, though, right? So I don't know. Uh, I kind of thought, like, okay, maybe this is working. Maybe they, like, put some feelers out there kind of to see how this was going to go over. They were not expecting the amount of backlash that they got. So maybe they're, you know, reconsidering here. But then Tuesday, 3 o'clock, they hold a press conference and say they're done for the fall. 4.30, Pac-12 uh, takes their ball and goes home, too, right? Um, Literally. Literally took their ball and goes goes home. I just love that the SEC and 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 the ACC and the Big Twelve as well. But I just love that the SEC essentially doubled down, and and I think that the Big Ten thought they were going to be the first domino to fall, but they were going to take everybody else with them, and they were going to come across as like the leader of the pack. And uh, that didn't go over so well. Yeah, we've talked about this on the Big Three Up a couple of times. Well, on Monday morning we we did a show. I don't know what changed over the weekend. Like what changed in our nation, in those, in those Midwest States, um, in the big 10, there was no massive outbreak. There was no, um, no new travel restriction that went into effect in those States or anything. I just, so I don't know why did, why, and obviously this was brewing, but why right. did you release a schedule? Why well, did you, you know, like nothing changed. You put these protocols in place. You then put them into practice and proved that they so far have worked. You release the schedule and then five days later you cancel uh, the season. It doesn't like, I almost think it makes so much more sense to have never put the protocols in place to begin with and said, Hey, we met with medical professionals. We don't think that we have the capability to do what it is that they're telling us we have to do to have a successful year. So we think the safest thing for our players is to, you know, cancel the season. Essentially. I, th- I think it's weird to come up with the protocol, do the protocol, show that the protocol is successful 
and then cancel. But for me personally, I, like I think this is about the the risk of being sued more than anything else. I actually don't think this has anything to do with student athlete safety. I think that's proven by the idea that they're saying that they want a spring season, which by the way, I think they're just saying so that they can kick the can further down the road. I don't think that they actually have a spring season. But anybody that is going to suggest that 24 plus games being played in a nine month window of time is safe is insane. So if you're going to tell me you're canceling this season because of COVID for player safety concerns, but you want them to play 24 plus games, that just does not compute in my brain. Moreover, the Big Ten has said their players can still work out and practice 20 days a week or 20 hours a week. So is this virus um, so smart that it doesn't spread that way? Yeah, it's... I mean, it's absolutely asinine that a that a that a organization or a sport that literally causes direct causation of CTE and is the only way you get CTE is is going on about player safety. It's just absolutely idiotic. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say the Big Ten will never recover. I think programs like Ohio State, and Michigan, and stuff like that, like they'll be fine. I think it's going to really, really hurt those other programs, though. Like in the Big Ten, yeah. it'll take them years and years to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, USC is going to be fine. SC's Oregon's money is going to be fine. But and the Big Twelve have a successful season. It is devastating to all of these programs recruiting wise. Yes, I think Ohio State recovers and Michigan and some of these bigger ones. But if this season happens between rosters being decimated from guys jumping ship and recruits pulling out, I, uh, it is going to be catastrophic in the immediate for these conferences. I saw a um, a player from Ohio State, I can't remember who it was, who was down to like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and maybe Georgia or something that committed. He said on a tweet that said, I should have listened when they said, hashtag, it just means more. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. clearly you should have. But I like... And I know that it was, um, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but what is it? Uh, Cardiomyelitis. Is that what uh, they have? uh, It's inflammation in the middle of your heart. And they're finding that that is a side effect of that some COVID patients are getting. Um, And that's one of the things that the Big Ten has pointed to. And it's from that player at Indiana who got COVID and um, then had these complications from it that is kind of causing this, um, you know, part of this hysteria. And But you know what the SEC said? They said, we've been checking players for that for a decade every time they get sick because it's not just a side effect of COVID. It's a side effect of tons of viruses and illnesses. So does that mean that conferences like the Big Ten haven't been checking for that all along? Well, I mean, and that's part of the problem with the setup of college football. Um, Dan, my buddy, Dan, I mean, you know, Dan, uh, Dan tweeted the other day, something to the effect of, and I want to find it just cause it was a really, it was a really good tweet and he doesn't always get these good of tweets off. Um, but he, I'm going to keep looking for it. I don't care. I'll, I'll find this later, but, um, the NCAA, it doesn't have any power, right? Like the conferences are, are what have the power. And it comes to, you know, if you give your players cream cheese with their bagel or something, that's right. And so 
the NFL has things, it seems like, somewhat together because the big, I'm sorry, the NFC South is not making a decision different from the NFC East, which would then be again different from the AFC West and, and this, that, and the other. And so, yeah, this is it. Imagine some sort of entity. Uh, imagine if some sort of entity led them, the conferences, like a National Collegiate Athletic Association or something like that. You know, it, it would just be amazing if everything was uniform. But yeah, right. if the but SEC is that- testing for something, why is the Big Ten not te- – there should be uniformity. And I understand the idea of the conferences, but the reason there's not is because the AFC South doesn't make money. The NFC South doesn't make money. They're just a conference. So if you give that power to the NCAA and they all just kind of fall under it and the conferences are just basically designations, they don't make money anymore. And so that's why they have the power individually is because like everything else, college football is just about the money. And so that's that's where it is right now. That's what is going to happen. This does lend some credence to what we talked about last week about why conferences are going to all conference schedules, though. If the SEC or let's say the ACC or the Big 12 or or whatever are so much more um, uh, advanced, I guess, in terms of what it is that they're testing for and their protocols, then it does make sense why they only want to play against other people following those same protocols. But I, I just... I don't think this is a good look because I don't think it comes across as genuine. I think that they are afraid of getting sued. Um, I I think that this is very different than let's say we talked about this last week too, but being a grocery store worker prior to this pandemic, right? You go to work every single day. You have very little risk to life and limb, right? You expect to go to work. You expect to come home. You expect that no injuries happen barring some kind of really random freak thing that happens. Now a pandemic happens and you are literally a frontline worker because you are coming in contact with thousands of people and you could literally catch a virus and potentially die, right? That is... Uh, that is a risk that you did not in any way assume was a possibility when you took this job. That is not the case with football players. They sign up for their scholarship knowing damn well that CTE is a huge risk, knowing that they could tear an ACL, they could blow out their back, they could break their arm, their leg, their neck, their, you know, whatever. And many do all the time all the time. There was a summer uh, at Florida when Eric played where 13 guys tore their ACL. More than half of them retore it the next time, then, you know, as soon as they were healed. That's when you're thinking about 13 ACLs on an 85 scholarship player team, 105, 110 guys, you know, if you're counting walk ons and stuff, that's a pretty damn high percentage of that happening. These are things that these guys know are a risk, voluntarily sign up to play for. So I know they didn't sign up to get COVID, but they're not risk averse guys. This is not a risk averse job in any way. So I feel like it's, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than the average college student that expects to be able to be on campus for four years and not have anything happen to them. Yeah. And they also have access to the best medical staff, the best trainers, people that, uh, the average college student, again, doesn't have. have. Have you ever gone to a clinic on a college campus, like when you didn't feel well or anything? Um, it's no, I just actually just take you to the training room. <laughs> well, not all of us married um, or were dating Division One athletes, uh, but um, they have access to the absolute 
best of the best. And so, yeah, it's just not. So anyway, the best, the best part of this has been like everything. Go ahead. Sorry. I've got you. Go ahead. I was going to say, not only do they have access to the best, but many of these athletes have access to almost nothing if they aren't on campus as a college football player with access to all the best in the world. So it's not even like the best in the world or your normal family doctor for a lot of these players. A lot of them would have access to almost nothing. I I saw so many players and I know we talk about it on the show and you can talk about it with your friends and family and things like that, but it means so much more when you hear it actually out of the mouth of, of some of these guys. But, you know, I, I read tweets from a lot of players that said like, you have no idea what it was like for me prior to coming to college. So like, yes, you're afraid of a pandemic. I'm afraid of where I came from. Kyrie Campbell from UF, he, he, um, he tweeted, it's my last year. Honestly, I need this season in order to change my family and my life for the better. I understand there's a pandemic going on, but I come from nothing. I have been living in a pandemic my whole life. It should be a choice always ready to strap them buckles up a hundred percent. Come on time to play. But like, those are the kind of things that the average person who isn't necessarily involved in athletics or whatever, isn't aware of. And so it's just saying, Oh, shut it down. This is ridiculous. We shouldn't risk players health and life and whatever. They have so many more things that they are concerned of than whether they get and survive a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. Yeah. Because, and that's the, that's the whole point of life anyway, right? Like, you do risky things every day. I mean, hell, you raise four twins. Like you do risky things every day. Yeah, and you shoot over here. You, you weigh that risk, right? Mm-hmm. This is That's to me. Yeah. This is a nine out of 10 risky activity to me, but the payoff is a 20. So I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to speed on my way to work. Because I'm going to take the chance that I don't get a ticket and I don't get in a wreck, but I'm going to take that risk so that I don't get chewed out when I get to the office. Like we all take those little risks every day and try to do them to the best of our ability, right? I wear a mask when I'm out. I mean, it's mandated in my city and the city that I'm in the most, but I mean, I want to be safe because I've got kids at home. So I wear a mask when I'm out. But if I don't want to do something, I don't have to. I could just right. stay home. I, right. I opt out of the season. I do whatever. So, I mean, that that's the entire point of life. We do very risky things all the time. Sure. And we, you know, I, we get on planes and get in cars. And, more risk if they're not in this football. hundred percent. Without no, a doubt. In a bubble as the, as the NBA. But if you, if all you have to do is know an athlete during the season versus that knowing that same athlete during the off season, the amount of, exposure that they have to other people, to parties, to poor decisions, to all of that stuff is so much more prevalent in the off season than it is during the regular season. And if you are going to have students on campus, then I don't think you have any argument at, you know, at all. Basically there is, if this is so dangerous that we need to cancel college football, send these kids all back to the, you know, bad areas that they're from, take away the resources that they currently rely on, then it's too dangerous for the average student to be living in a dorm then and be and be sitting in these college classes. You cannot tell me that these athletes are at any more risk than these college kids who are going to be spending four nights a week at parties. Right. And just because they, just because they, just because they tackle each other. Yeah. Like that's, so 
I don't, you can't get me to buy that. And this doesn't happen in a vacuum. And we have to remember that too. This isn't everybody just go home and and life will go on and it'll be perfectly fine. Or we play college football and everyone dies. Like that's, this is not the choice that we're faced with here. This is not how this works. Um, But I, I, it should be a choice. I don't think there should be any penalty for sitting out. I don't know what they, how they can figure it out with eligibility, but I suggest the NCAA get on that. But for sure, universities have said, you're not going to lose your scholarship. You will, you will have that for sure. But the guys that want to strap it up and play, they should, they should be, they should have the option to do that. And that leads us into the fact that I mean, we've obviously mentioned this or been talking about it, but that leads me to my favorite part of all of this, the memes and the uh, pictures and videos and things that come out of this. Um, we uh the night that Bryant was born, we watched because hospital TV is so terrible um, so, and so limited. Uh, but Wolf of Wall Street was on, which is a great movie. Um, uh, Eric's favorites. Leo should have won a, an Oscar for this. Um, amazing that he didn't. But uh, the show goes on, you know, in the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve. You know the South, where football is good. Um, where, who was the last outside of Ohio State? Um, who was the last national champion to not be from the South? Can you mm. think back? I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think. USC. Yeah, two thousand. Was that two thousand four? Um. Maybe it's I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I honestly, I can't. Um, I think it's got to be USC. And I mean, California, I'm not, not going to lump them real hard into the South, but I mean, they're even Southern California. So, I mean, and, and like, you know, yeah, USC vacated in 2004. But before that, yeah, again, Ohio State, but then it's Miami, Oklahoma, again, here in the South, Nebraska, well, there, you know, sometime in the 90s, right? Uh, Washington got a split in 91 with, with Miami, yeah. So, um, I have a vivid memory of watching that game, which is weird, but. um, So anyway, yeah, like it just. It's just dumb, but I'm glad that the SEC and the ACC they're going to play. Like I, my confidence was 75 percent that the season started last last week when we did this. They're going uh, unless something big, crazy happening. They're and honestly, part of it is start the season. The Big Ten, honest to God, has has put such a poor taste in these conferences' mouth that they they are there's a decent chance they're playing out of spite at this at this moment, and I'm totally okay with it. Well, you look at the the public. I mean, everything is again about money, and you look at the um, the public reaction to what the Big Ten has done and the Pac twelve. The Pac twelve gets to kind of like skate because nobody cares about the Pac twelve, right? But, nobody cares about those ten o'clock games that happen while we're all you know falling asleep or whatever. So the the Big Ten, the public reaction from it has been so bad. It's worse than what will happen is if if the NCAA has to end up canceling because you'd rather. I mean, I think I've even mentioned this before. I'd rather the NC. I'd rather be a hypocrite than a coward any day of the week. I would rather try something and fall flat on my face and fail at it 
than be too chicken shit to even give it an attempt. And that's what the Big Ten's doing here. The SEC, if there's a massive outbreak and 75% of, of, of athletes get COVID, they're going to cancel the season. Like every conference will do it. It'll be done. But if not, and that's okay. Like that would be understand. We would say, man, that would suck. But we get it, man. They all got this disease. Like we can't have games or maybe maybe postpone it a month and then play again because if they all recover, then you're good. But that that's going to happen. It's going to get canned. But – it's better than you not even taking an attempt at it, you know, for being chicken shit. And so, you know, I think that I'm glad that in the South again, where football matters and where people care, we're we're playing. You know, yeah. that's I, mean, I think we're playing at this point too. Again, and, and barring some crazy, you know, something or other happening, and they should play. I think this is the right decision. I think, um, I, I think it's going to be good. Uh, pivot for a second do you know um have you seen this tweet from a florida state player's mom cindy ruiz is her name yeah she tweeted, that's tomorrow and terry's mom it's whose mom i think that's tomorrow and terry's mom okay. is who well, i've seen she tweeted a couple hours ago we need answers and we want the truth at fsu football at coach norvell as parents and family members we deserve to know our kids are safe weekly testing has not taken place and many players have tested positive and yet been told to remain silent silence no more yeah so i don't obviously i don't know much of what that is tomorrow and terry was one that kind of jumped in with uh it was three wide receivers so obviously you're you're your wide receiver room is completely chaotic and out of control right now. (laughs) Out of curiosity, how can players not be getting tested, but also be testing positive? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) about as much sense as um, Warren Thompson's original letter meant made. So does her. I also don't know that I think that players being told not to talk about being positive is necessarily a bad thing. As long as players are, it's being shared with those in the locker room so that they're quarantining. I don't know that I think that like being told we are not going to talk about this with the media is actually as offensive as she's making it out to be. I mean, when players have the flu, we don't necessarily know, right? Or even injuries all the time, we don't necessarily know. So as long as the protocol is being followed in-house in terms of quarantining and treatment and whatever else, I don't know that I think that's as big a deal as she she thinks it is. I mean, obviously you should be able to tell your parents and things like that, but like not holding a press conference about it or putting it out on Twitter isn't the most ridiculous rule I could think of. Yeah, and you also run into like HIPAA violations and things like that, where you really shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't be talking about other people. That she is Terry's mom. I just looked further into her Twitter. As, I mean, as simple as it is, like, and they'd have to prosecute, right? Like, this wouldn't happen. But DJ Matthews got the tested positive yesterday, or put out that he tested positive yesterday. If he hadn't tweeted that, and Thompson would have come out today, which, which he didn't, but if Thompson would have come out today and said, can you guys believe DJ Matthews tested positive and they've been lying to us about it? That's a HIPAA violation. Now, again, is DJ Matthews prosecuting for that? Probably not. You know, so it's yeah. it's kind of a, you know, I could steal your TV and as long as you don't call the cops, I'm, it's not, there's no law if you don't press charges, you know? So right. anyway, like, um, but yeah, so you have to be careful with that. Obviously the team doesn't, no team has made public like who players are and stuff like that or numbers. Yeah, I so, think I don't know. Like I know I, at least at the beginning, UF said something like 12 players within all of our sports teams that have reported back have tested positive, but didn't even say like the breakdown of what 
any of it was. And I think that's how most programs have been handling it. I know Clemson has had a, a, a super large amount, but, and I'm telling you what, I swear that was on purpose. Um, but I don't, I, you're right. There's HIPAA implications here. I don't know that I think that not talking about it is actually that big of a deal uh, provided, like I said, quarantining is happening. You're telling the individual player, you're telling the people that they were potentially around and handling it responsibly in house. Yeah. I mean, again, and so uh, talking about the wide receivers, right? Like Matthews gets it. Warren Thompson's had trouble with every staff that has been here. He tweets about it. Tamori and Terry's close with those guys. I mean, they're in the same wide receiver room. And so he tweets about it, probably goes and like I do when something's wrong with me, I go complain to my mom, you know, sure. or my wife, you know, my wife, whoever, you. Um, <laughs> so, you know, his mom being very defensive of her son and wanting the best for his health and safety. Also, her grandchild, who Tamar and Terry has a seven-month-old, runs to Twitter to ask Coach Norvell and FSU football what the hell's going on, uh, even though, again, I think this goes way over his head. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not shocked that she did that. I, you know, I All think right. that's a pretty – that's just what people do in 2020, right? Like when I'm pissed at something, I mean, I try to have a little more sense than this, but you run to social media and you you complain about it. That, that's just the day – especially as a 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid. Like that's just what people do. That's yeah. what kids do. Um, there's no – there's no like, let me stop and figure out what, what I need to do. What's the right thing here. It is just blasted on social media, you know? And so, um, you know, it's just the way of the world in 2020, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, SEC, ACC playing. I, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with the playoff. There's not really been talk about that or I mean, bowl season. Or- know, outside of Ohio state, is there anybody that we were going to miss? I've seen all these articles come out and all this stuff about, oh, the season's going to have an asterisk. And I think it'll have an asterisk because it's a weird, crazy year and lots of stuff. Has happened. To- like, do we really think the outcome is going to end up so different than it would have had every conference played? I think the big one is Ohio State. Sure. Ohio State and Clemson. Like if you would have asked me today, Ohio State and Clemson, I mean, they both were the odds on favorite to to win the title, right? So People were expecting Lawrence Fields again in the title game. And I think they both were the easy, easy picks to get there. I think my four playoff teams would have been Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Florida. Uh, But then Florida and Alabama have to play each other at least once. And so Ohio State and Clemson had the easiest roads, nobody tough on their schedules, clear paths to get to the title game, to the playoff slash title game, whatever. And so they would have been the easy picks, right? Florida may have a great year and get upset by Alabama. Alabama may have a great year and Florida knocks them out. Who knows? So um, I think Ohio State is the big one. Outside of that, no, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, Oregon may have had a, a decent year, but not like a championship State, year. Are you surprised Ohio State didn't fight harder in terms of like – so Nebraska kind of led the pack in terms of uh, the Big Ten saying, okay, nope, we're done. And then um, the uh, Nebraska was basically like, we're exploring every single option to see you know, what we can do and if we can play. And they did eventually come out, I think it was last, last night, and said basically like there's nothing we can do. But I feel like Nebraska isn't as valuable to the Big Ten as Ohio State is to the Big Ten. And Ohio State threw in the towel prior to Nebraska. I, I just – 
I don't think the Big Ten's brand is nearly as valuable without Ohio State, but Ohio State is just as valuable without the Big Ten. So if they had grown a pair, put on their big boy pants and said, listen, we're playing with the Big 12 this year, you know, or, or whatever. I don't know that there's a whole lot the Big Ten could have done about that. Yeah, I mean, they could have hardballed them. I think the lasting ramifications for that become a lot tougher. Do you really want to come? I mean, they already do a fairly good job, but do you want to come down here into the South and have to recruit against it when you pretty much just dominate everything north of the, you know, everything in the Midwest, right? Because there's no competition for them. So I don't know. I think the last, also just being in the easy conference, like sit out this year and then be the favorite again next year to to go 12 and 0 and be back in the playoffs. So or 13 and 0 and be back in the playoffs. So I think they kind of figure that in. Whereas Nebraska, you know, it doesn't matter for them, you know. So I I kind of get that side of it Ohio State not like bucking up and doing something. Also the 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 feasibility of actually pulling that off just is to me absolutely none. Like I know those rumors swirled that like oh maybe Nebraska Iowa can play in the Big 12 this that and the other. The feasibility I of that think actually if Ohio State had partnered up, they could have figured out something for the year. You have to partner up because you're not uh, as attractive as one person, right? Then they need the even they need the even numbers. But I, I mean, it, I'm not saying it would have been easy, but I I think something could have been done. I think it would have been really tough this late into the game with season starting like in three weeks. Um, we have to redo the schedules and things like that. So uh, you know, but. That's what also sucks about the Big Ten. If they would have known this months ago, then it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like it would have been like, you know, no, no, no sweat at all. So, um, uh, I I need to I need to get running here soon. We've been on for almost an hour. Um, and an NBA playoffs start this weekend. Uh, Rays finally doing better. They every week is like a roller coaster with them. We started really well, like five and one or something, then lost like five games in a row and. Now I've have won uh, six of the last seven, I think. So um, good stuff there. And then the five overcut time game the other day. Um, That's crazy. Would not think that there'd be a hockey game. Other things. Yeah, I wouldn't think there'd be a hockey game that had more overtimes than you have children. Um, but that <laughs> was kind of crazy to uh, to to witness. So glad the Lightning won that. But that's my real re- quick recap of all of the sports teams that don't let me down on a day-to-day basis. Um, (laughs) Other than that, we're doing great with Florida state. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think football happens. I'm, I'm excited about it. The show goes on um, and we, uh, we get a season, at least a start of a season. Hey, a great outcome for me would be uh, Florida state plays the first two weeks, goes two and O Miami plays their first game loses to UAB and then loses to Louisville and uh, goes 0-2, and then they cancel the season. I'd be Florida, – Florida never even kicks off. Um, let's not get into the meat of our schedule. Let's start 2-0 and cancel it. So that's what I'm praying for at this point. But I think it'll, I think the season will at least happen. Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think so too. I, um, I think it happens. I don't know if I think it finishes. I hope it finishes. And I think that the um, – you know, I, I can't speak for every college program, but I know Florida. So they had a couple positives right when everybody reconvened. They haven't had any positives since they've been uh, kind of insulating these players. And so if they can, if if they can keep that up, and other teams can keep that up, this can happen. And I do. I think it'll be good on a, on a lot of fronts. 
And I really can't wait to watch the Big 12 and the uh, Big 10. I mean, excuse me, the Pac-12 and the Big 10 squirm over not having it. That's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I don't know the Pac-12 has fans anyway. You know, maybe some or maybe there are a few Oregon fans out there. Uh, but the Big Ten for sure. So, um, all right, cool. What was that song you told me last week that we didn't end up going with? Because I already downloaded a new one. Scroll back in your text. Uh, I don't know. Was it Get Along by Kenny Chesney? I don't know. I feel no, like I, do I, I don't remember. I don't know. It had, a, it had a play into something that we were talking about. That's why I mentioned it, but I don't even remember what it was. Oh, I don't know that we've ever gotten along. So, oh, Get Along by Kenny Chesney. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I've heard that. So, I kind of Oh, suck. it's so good. All right, we'll play that. All right. Whether well, you want it this week or not. There you go. Well, sounds good. I'm excited to see uh, all the changes that happen this upcoming week, and then we can uh, reconvene. Hopefully, we still have football a week from now. I think we will. Sounds good. Met a man wearing a T-shirt, said Virginia's for lovers. Had a Bible in his left hand and a bottle in the other. He said, all you're really given is the sunshine in your name. We both started laughing when the sky started to rain. Get along down the road. We got a long, long way to go. Scared to live, scared to die. We ain't perfect, but we try. Get along. Photoshopped or were her eyes really that lonely? Did she leave her hometown thinking she'd end up in LA? Did she break down in the desert and get stuck beside the highway? Get along, on down the road. We got a long, long way to go. Scared to live, scared to die. We ain't perfect, but we try. Get along while we can. Always give love the upper hand. sure know what it's not sometimes you got to get along down the road we got a long long way to go scared to live scared to die we ain't perfect but we try get along while we can always give love the upper hand paint a wall learn to dance call your mom buy a boat drink a beer sing a song make a friend can't we all Get along.